It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we are back on the virtual bible study we're glad to be on your computer on this thursday night april 30th 2009 thank you for being a part of the program we're looking forward to hearing from you my name is jacob gwynn Father Greg Gwynn is back on the program tonight. Dad, welcome back. Jacob, it's great to be back, and I hope that we are fully back by way of all of our technical difficulties that we've been having. Uh, I believe we've got them ironed out, hopefully. We're we're hoping. Yeah. We're not going to touch anything if we don't have to tonight. But we're, <laughs> Yeah, well, that old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, really applies tonight. All right. Uh, we'd like to hear from you on the program tonight, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We have an interesting program tonight. A subject we have never talked about before on the virtual Bible study. We want to talk about swine flu. What about that tonight? Is our program going to stink? <laughs> I don't know. I hope it doesn't make anybody sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it might if we keep it up. But, you know, um, you suggested this idea, Jake, because it's all in the news. I mean, that's practically the only thing we're hearing about on the news this week is the swine flu epidemic. And, uh, so we thought we'd throw that out there sort of as a teaser. We don't know any – any. Uh, we're not medical experts. We don't know anything about the flu, uh, about its transmission, about its prevention, about vaccines or anything like that. But it does introduce the concepts, some concepts that we want to talk about. People are really worried about it, obviously. Uh, and as Christians, then how should we view that? How should we view the worrying aspect of it? And then I think it also, by the time our program's over, I want us to get into this broader question of human suffering. There's a potential that a lot of people could suffer from this. In fact, a number of people could die from it. And how do we view that based on what the Bible tells us about a loving God and and his care for his people and so forth. All right. And we'll take a call from you tonight. Even if you are not feeling well, just don't cough into the phone. 877-381-4567. Questions at College View. Dot com are the ways you can join in on the discussion, or you can join in the chat room. If you're watching our video from our website or from Ustream.tv, follow the directions and join in on the chat room. There are several people in the chat room already, not any chatting going on yet, but you may be able to spark a discussion there among our listeners, so check out our chat room tonight. We want to go to the phones now, and we'll welcome Eric from Fayetteville, Tennessee, to the line. Eric, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Hey, Jacob, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I almost can't. I mean, just the faintest of voices. Well, we'll try and work on that. Did you get your phone line problems fixed, Eric? Well, I've been having some. I can't really hear what you're saying, but I have been having some problems with my uh How about now, Eric? Phone. Is this any better? Just barely. How about now? Yes, crystal clear. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, Eric is on the program. Eric, you and I talked last week about uh, basically just uh, general stress levels among right. people in our society today, and and hopefully not in those who put their trust and faith in God, but perhaps uh, the devil's taking an opportunity to cause us to have some 
unmerited stress and anxiety in our lives. Right. In fact, um, you know, studies that they've done, there's, there's a group, the uh, American Psychological Association, and they do a study of the basically the stress level of Americans. Um, the study comes out in September of each year, I believe. What they saw in September of last year was that even from April of last year, they saw a rise um, in the stress level of the country. In fact, they, they um, eight out of ten people in um, September of 08 were worried about the economy. And what's interesting about that is that that was before really the economy went south. The economy started to go south at the end of September. Uh, so I can only imagine what that number would be. Uh, right now, if we could, you know, if we could, if they would really, if they could do the poll again now. So um, they kind of li- listed a top 10 things that that uh, people are stressed about. I'm trying to uh, to pull that up here. Uh, but people basically are, are worried and, and nervous and jittery and anxious over, um, you know, their job security, over medical bills, over uh, being able to pay their mortgage, um and so, and, and so, now, the swine flu, Eric, is just one more thing to to make people more nervous, more anxious. Yeah, in fact, when I was preparing this lesson, it was really before the swine flu thing came on. So, uh, and that was just uh, you know a week ago, and you you just add that to the mix, and you've got basically you know a people that were already a vast majority of them worried about you know, a handful of things, and this is just one more thing to throw on top of it, something else to be worried about. All right, Eric, and certainly, you know, when we hear about uh, some worldwide pandemic, it does cause us some concern. I don't think there's anything wrong with being concerned about... Is it wrong, Eric, if I'm extra careful to wash my hands when I've been out uh, in public places? Is, I mean, does that show that I... Does that reflect some lack of faith or some problem on my part? What do you think about... In other words... Are we are we if we take any additional precautions, is it a sign of lack of faith or something of that nature? No, no, I, I would think that would just be prudence and wisdom on on our part. In fact, one of the things Jesus talks about is in Matthew six is not being anxious over what we eat or what we drink, but he doesn't mean to not go to any effort to provide those things or to think about them. Uh, you know, obviously we're told he will not work, neither let him eat, and and you know we're to provide for our for ourselves and our family. So. To not be anxious doesn't mean that we don't give any thought or consideration to. What it means is that we there's there's nothing good that comes out of sitting and wringing our hands and and um, uh, you know basically just being eat up with anxiety and worry. Exactly right. So so it's sort of a there's a there's a tipping point or a balance point there between what would be uh, wise conduct, prudent activity, and then on the other hand the the worry and the anxiety that reflects that we we. It reflects a lot of things, I think, Eric. Uh, not only does it reflect a lack of faith, mm. uh, but but it also uh, probably indicates we've got our priorities in the wrong place. If I am so worried about my physical life and my possessions, in other words, if 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 the thing that really gets me going, really gets me in a in a fever pitch of worry, involves my job and my physical health and my material possessions. If those are the things that are consuming me, not only have I got a lack of faith in God, but probably got my priorities all out of whack, too. Well, and, that, and it's amazing, you know, uh, what that's exactly the point I think that Jesus was making when he says there um, in uh, Matthew six twenty five, don't take any thought or do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. And then he says something that really was more profound than I think I'd ever realized before. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, if you think about 
you know, if you strip down life to its bare essence, what is it that you need to provide for your body to be able to survive? Uh, food and drink would be very high on the list. <laughs> it doesn't get more basic than that as far as what you have to provide to survive. And yet Jesus says there's more to life than that. And so clearly he's saying that, um, and this is pretty profound, I think that there's more to our life than even providing the very basic things that we need to survive. And he basically says if you'll put God first, he'll take care of that. You've got something more important you need to be focused on. And that's that's certainly true that we can forget that and get so focused on things of this life and earthly things. And, uh, you know, somebody that's a great example of that uh, was Martha. You remember when Jesus came to uh, to eat with Mary and Martha, he was, um, let's see, I'm finding the, uh, uh, in Luke chapter 10, it says, uh, Jesus says in, well, in beginning verse 40, it said, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And I think that describes a lot of people today, that they're anxious and troubled about many things, including this swine flu. But he says, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So if we, you know, if we get so caught up, and it's easy to do, um, with the serving and with our uh, food and with our family and with our uh, earthly things, our jobs, uh, our house, our mortgage, our you know, the swine flu, and we forget that there's really only one thing that's important. And that if we let that slip through and we leave basically, you know, figuratively speaking, Jesus sitting in the other room because we're so busy in this room with cares of this life, then we've got our priorities out of whack for sure. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. So, Eric, we talked about the fact that, you know, it's not necessarily sinful to have concern about the swine flu and maybe take right. precautions. And if there was a vaccine, it wouldn't be a sin to take the vaccine. Sure. How do we hold the two in check, though? Uh, we're told to, to be careful for nothing, um, cast our care upon him. Uh, how do we hold those two ideas in check? Where, where's, that, where's that line? How do we draw that line? Well, what's interesting is Jesus says in Matthew six twenty seven in the middle of that passage, if we kept going there, about not being anxious. Uh, he points to the birds and the, the uh, he points to the lilies of the field. But in the middle of it, he says in verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add, and this translation says a single hour to a span of life or a single uh, cubit to a stature. Um, the point is you could sit and worry and just worry and wring your hands, and that doesn't accomplish anything. That's not doing uh, anything to help the problem. And uh, Whereas if you have an opportunity, obviously, to, uh, you know, be careful, you know, cover your mouth when you sneeze, uh, you know, wash your hands maybe more often. Uh, that's doing something that's productive and has a purpose. I think the difference would be when you've done all that you can do and you've taken the necessary precautions, um, now what do you do? Do you just, uh, you know, sit and let it eat at you? Uh, there's, you know, nothing good comes from that. He also said in, in uh, Matthew 5 that uh, we, which of us, let's see, can... We can't even turn the color of our hair, you know, by taking thought. I'm trying to find it here. Um, well, basically what he's saying there, yeah. uh, uh, Eric, is the the problem is worrying about things that we can't do anything about or being concerned right. or even even spending a moment thinking about things that are beyond our control is just a waste of time. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and he goes on to say that uh, – Take no thought for the morrow, or uh, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And probably the, you know, one of the things that's difficult for us is when we start thinking too much about 
things that are out of our control, things that we we can't really uh, do or, or have anything uh, to affect it, and yet we let that cause us worry and concern. And um, to do that, you know, like you said, it's, it's a, a loss of focus on why we're really here and what we're really uh, supposed to be doing. And it also shows a lack of concern, a lack of uh, uh, trust and faith in God to to ultimately provide what we need in the middle of that same passage, Jesus tells them, oh, you of little faith. And so to be anxious, and that's pretty harsh when you think about it. To, to, if you were saying you're worried about your food, what you're going to eat, Jesus would say you don't have, you know, your, your faith is too weak. And that's, uh, you know, I doubt very many of us have ever been in a position where we even had to worry about what we might eat. But God would expect us to put our, even in that situation, to put our trust and faith in him. And that's amazing if you think about it at that level. We're so far removed from that level, we shouldn't be worrying at all because he was telling people even who were in that in that kind of a situation, don't worry about it. So if they weren't supposed to worry about it, and here we are, and we've got an abundance of things, we're far removed from having to worry about what we're going to eat tomorrow, uh, then his message to us is, what, what in the world are you worrying about when you've got all of this? If he would say, oh, little faith to them, imagine what he might say to some of us. And, you know, it's, a, it's so easy for us, and ever since I was a child, you know, you, you – studied about the uh, Israelites, and when God brought them out of the land of Canaan, we all know they murmured and they complained, and we think, well, you know, they just saw that God had parted the Red Sea, that God had brought those plagues, and God had taken care of them. How in the world could they have uh, doubts and not just trust that he would provide water when they got thirsty, and yet it's, uh, you know, none of us have ever been put in a situation where we're miles away from any water and don't have anything to drink, and uh, that's expecting a lot of them to just say, well, I trust God's going to provide something when we can't see it in front of us. And yet that's exactly the kind of faith God expected his people to have, that even though they don't see, you know, the future, they can't see exactly how the pieces are going to fall into place, um, he still expects them to have faith. And probably one of the things is that we all feel like we've got it figured out. We feel like we've got, you know, um, our 401Ks, we've got, our, you know, some kind of a retirement nest egg we're building. We, we, we feel like we've got job security and we're in control. And yet what we don't realize is we're really not in control of what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And when, when something happens to bring that to light, we suddenly start getting anxious because we feel our sense of control. And, and, that, and that indicates that we have not really got the grasp, a, a good grasp on the idea of our dependence upon God. Eric, quickly before we let you go, when you watch the news and uh, the third case of swine flu was reported today, getting closer to your house, Eric, how do you, uh, how do you think about it and what's your attitude towards uh, the coming perhaps pandemic well i'm sure he's got his wife prepared to deal with all the vomiting if the kids get sick right eric yes i I mean you know i i really this is just my opinion and i'm not qualified probably to even speak on it but um you know every year there's there's a flu that comes around and it every year unfortunately people die thousands of people die in america every year just from the regular flu um and so you know, I, it seems like a little, maybe people are a little carried away about this one to me, but, but I, again, I'm not really in a position to, to say, but, um, you know, I think, like you say, you've got to do what's wise and prudent, and then, you know, after that, you go on about your business. Yeah, you just, just, won't work out. don't get all tore up about it, and don't get super hey. anxious about it, just, just, as you say, do what you can, and then just, don't worry about but it. But this gets back to our priorities, though, because I'm sure every year there are Christians who die of the flu. Yeah. Well, you know, God's Christian, not going to keep us from. We're going to die of something, and we're not going right. to live forever, and we need to accept that reality. Well, that, you know, people are going to have anxieties. I think Paul acknowledged that in Philippians 4 when he says, don't be anxious about anything, 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's natural that we will have, uh, you know, fears and uncertainties. And, and maybe some people worry more about certain things than other people do. But as a Christian, you know, we know that we can look at the care that God has given us, that God has provided for us in the past, the promises that he's given us. We know that there's more to life than, uh, than what's happening, you know, here on this earth, that we've got a better home waiting for us. And we know that if we do have something we're concerned about, we can go to God in prayer and then turn it over to him and let the peace of God guard our hearts and minds. All right, Eric. Thank you for your time tonight and your good comments. Thanks, Eric. All right, good talking to you guys. And watch out for the flu. It's coming after you. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We don't want to make light of this. Certainly there are people who are ill and who are going through difficult times. We don't want to, to make light of this at all. We were talking about our attitude towards it tonight, though, and how should we, as those who trust in God, view uh, the news like this or any news that is bad and it has people alarmed. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'll be back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great. I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and gather your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And we're back on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Looking forward to your comments at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We're using the swine flu, Dad, just as a springboard into how we deal and view Things like this, because this news is not unusual. It's not unique. It comes around. And it, and it comes around more often in the media today because they need something like this uh, to help their ratings. And so they, they find things that West Nile virus is another, um, and there'll be other things. Yeah, and, and so I think it was good that we spent time talking to Eric at the start of the program just on the idea of anxiety, worry about it. As Christians, we can't worry about it. We need to, we need to keep things in the right perspective. We need to have our priorities correct. And we need to realize that this life is not permanent anyway. My, my, I, have, I have doubts that the, that the swine flu is going to kill us, uh, but I know that something is going to kill us. Life is temporary. And episodes like this have the, at, at least the potential to remind us we're not here forever. This is just a temporary journey. Certainly, and uh, it does keep our, pr- our priorities in perspective. We're not in control. Just as quickly as you could catch something like the swine flu, you may catch 
something that will be the death of you. Yeah, something I will catch something or something will happen. Something will be the death of me. We all are heading that way. There's no there's no avoiding that. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. We're Reminds me of James chapter 4, beginning of verse 13. Go to now you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. You know, we think, I'm healthy. I've got no major health problems. I'll be around here next week. Next week, a uh, week from now, we're going to do this and we'll do that may not happen, even to the young and those who are healthy. Exactly right. So uh, th- that, those, were our, those were the things we wanted to get out there right at the start, Jacob, uh, uh, to make sure that we are all reminded of those simple, basic Bible truths. But I, we also sent out some other questions to our update list earlier today, and I want to get those out there. We're getting some feedback on it. We want your answers. Question one Is this pandemic, if in fact it is a pandemic, is this pandemic a judgment sent from God? Can we say God God is angry, God is upset, God is sending a judgment or a punishment? Uh, Could we say that? Is that? Can we identify this pandemic as a judgment sent from God? That's question one. Question two, can the reality of human suffering be used as an argument against the claim of a real and loving God? There's a lot of human suffering. This flu may bring a lot of human suffering, even if it doesn't. There's already plenty of suffering in the world. And does, is human suffering a good argument? The atheist claims it is. If there's a God that loves us, why is he letting the child in Houston, Texas, who died of the swine flu? Yeah. Why is, it, why is an innocent child dying or something like that if there is a loving God in heaven? That's the argument that the atheist likes to make. How would you answer that? Um, and then question three what should be our reaction when we witness or personally experience human suffering? We've talked about some of that already in, in, in our discussion with Eric on the phone in regards to anxiety and undue worry uh, and so forth. But there may be some other things we want to talk about. In other words, if I see someone, if, if I personally know or am personally afflicted with the swine flu and it's very serious, how should I approach that? How should I deal with that? Uh, when I experience it personally. Those are our questions that we want to get to. Remember, you can answer us. uh, Questions at collegeview.com is the email. We're getting some emails, and we'll try to get to those. Also, our phone lines are open now, 1-877-381-4567, a toll-free number. We'll pay the bill. Give us a call. The line is open. We're ready to talk to you. Um, Remember a couple of other things. We've got... um, uh, a chat room window open, Jacob, but the chatters act like they're maybe having some problem getting their chats to work. Well, well uh, you know, there's been some changes on Ustream.tv, and so that may be some of the problem. Uh, we you, are not responsible for the chat room. That is beyond our control, so hopefully it's working. You know tonight. what you may have to do? I think it. I think they're trying to get to the point where everybody has to set up some kind of a, a named account to be able it's to. It's free. It's and, free, uh, and, you, and you don't have to give any personal information to do that. And so if you want to chat in that chat room, you may want to go through the, uh, I think what I'm trying, what I'm experiencing here is that they're wanting you to go through uh, a process of getting a login name and password. And so you may need to do that if you want to be active in the chat room. And there is another way to keep track of the virtual Bible study, and that news is almost as shocking as the swine flu that you are Twittering. I'm a, I have a Twitter account. See, I, some of you other people are way behind the times. I think you're still dealing with Facebook or some of that kind well, of stuff. That's, know, that's old school. The latest thing, and I was reading about it, President Obama has a Twitter account. Oprah Winfrey has a Twitter account. 
It's the thing. It's all the thing. If and I even understand, I believe I heard on the news this morning on the way into the office, that the CDC is using Twitter to keep track of the swine flu is, outbreak. Is that right? Yeah. Well, anyway, the virtual Bible study does have a Twitter account. And if you're on Twitter, uh, we're sending out updates. We're sending out our, our study questions uh, midday Thursday. And so you'll get that uh, either if you access Twitter on the, on the uh, computer or if you get the messages on your cell phone. Uh, we're sending out Twitter updates that give you our study subject and, and our study questions for the night, midday on Thursday. And then as, just as a reminder, and this would be really good for those of you who have Twitter on your cell phone, right before the program starts, uh, we are putting out a, a, just a reminder. We're ready to start. Get to your computer and, and get logged on. And if you are with the CDC and you found our program by searching on swine flu on Twitter, we're glad you're here. We're talking about a pandemic that's worse than the swine flu ever could be. We're talking about sin and yeah. the uh, antidote. That, that is pandemic. It is. And, we'd go, and the antidote we are studying every week. And so if you're with the CDC, we hope you'll be back here yeah. every week to be a uh, part of our program. All right. Well, let's get to these questions, Jacob. First question. I think it's worthy to ask because there'll be some people who will say so that this pandemic is a judgment sent from God. The world is wicked. There is so much sin. People are so horrible that God is sending a judgment. And when he sends a, uh, some ailment or disease or punishment of this nature, it's, it's because of our sins. What do you think about that? Johnny in Leoma, Tennessee, answers, uh, not sure it's a pandemic, no more than any other type flu. Every year we have an estimated of 1,500 deaths due to That's flu. That's 1,000. I mean, excuse me, 15,000. And I even heard higher numbers than that. But, you know, thousands of deaths every year due to flu. So and he's just making a point. I think it's a worthy point. Uh, this may be getting blown completely out of perspective. But then he goes on. However, is flu a judgment? Well, no more than polio, smallpox, AIDS, or uh, pneumonia. However, all sickness, all grief, all sorrow is a result of sin. I think that's a good observation, Johnny. Uh, the If we were to boil it all down, you could say that every bit of human suffering, every kind of sickness and death itself is a consequence of sin. Maybe not our own sin, but go back to the Garden of Eden. And before sin entered the world, you get a picture of how God intended things to be. It was perfect, ideal. There was no sickness, no dying. And the thing that changed it was sin. Yeah, you you talk to people, Dad, after they've gone through uh, experiencing the death of a loved one. Maybe there was a lot of suffering involved in that death. Uh, it is common to hear the the statement, well, I just can't understand how God would let my mother or my father or my wife or my husband suffer like that. Why would God want to do that? I don't know why God's doing that to me or to my loved one. Well, God didn't want your your husband or your That's wife right. or your mother or your father to suffer like that. You know, I've made the point many times, but I think it needs to be repeated again and again. If you want to be upset at who caused that, be upset with Satan because he is the one who, who enticed Adam and Eve to sin, and that brought this upon mankind. Uh, so, you know, the, ultimately the problem is man's decision to sin and Satan's temptation that led him to that sin, but it was not according to God's initial purpose it wasn't according to his initial plan but what god did do is that he gave man free moral agency and the ability to choose right and wrong and by virtue of them having that choice and then them making the wrong choice we got to where we are today so uh i do i i agree with johnny when he says all sickness all grief all sorrow is a result of sin pat 
has a different uh, take. He says this uh, pandemic could be a judgment from God. The Israelites suffered, and they were God's chosen people. When they turned their backs on God, he dealt with them. God's used personal affliction oh, yeah. as a punishment there, before. There were numerous numerous instances, as, as Pat says, with the children of Israel, where he did send diseases among them when they had sinned and, and rejected him. But there, what's different is we have revelation whereby we can go back and put our finger on it, and it, God told us that he did that. Since we don't have active revelation today, we're, we are not able to make that determination. And Pat didn't say it definitively. Right. He says it could, could be. be. Could be. And that's where we have to leave it. It could be, but we couldn't say now, for th- sure. There will be preachers, though, they are getting on television and on the radio saying this is God's judgment against America. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they'll say it in no uncertain terms. This is God punishing America for. They'll probably connect it to the homosexual marriage in, in Iowa. That happened about the same time. Well, that, that yeah, they, they will make that connection, but they can't prove that. That's right. We can't, uh, we can't prove any of that. Uh, got, got a couple more answers here. Uh, Anthony here in Columbia says, who knows? If one says that it is, that is, is a judgment from God, I would kindly ask him to prove it. I agree, Anthony. There's no way that anybody could say that definitively. As, as, as you just said, Jacob, people, there'll be some TV preachers who will try to make that definitive uh, link but they couldn't prove it if their life depended on it. When we talk about God's providence and his, his actions in the world, we have to be careful. Even Paul was careful in the book of Philemon. He, Paul, an inspired individual, was careful to speak for God's providence where we didn't have revelation that God was actually doing that in verse uh, 15. He says, perhaps Onesimus had left Philemon for a time so that this would all work out for the good. But Paul, even as an inspired individual, didn't know that for sure. And yet there are a lot of people who are speaking with certainty about what God's doing when we have no revelation. We'll be reminded of the verse in Esther. In Esther chapter 4, Mordecai went to Queen Esther to try to get her to speak up and and defend the Jews against possible annihilation by the evil plot of Haman. And he says there in Esther 4 verse 14, Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? He said, and that's the nature of providence. We can't say for sure, but it, and we just have to leave it at that. So I think Anthony's right. And then we got one more answer on that question, Jacob, from uh, Don in Antioch. And he says, now get, we, we get a little different take here. He says it most certainly is. Is this pandemic a judgment sin from God? He said it most certainly is. When God named our four judgments, sword, famine, pestilence, and the beast, he didn't qualify it by saying Old Testament only. Nor did he say we can pick and choose what is sent by him and what isn't. Shall we receive only good at the hand of God and not evil? Job 2, verse 10. Well, I, I just would have to disagree with Don. I, I, I think that God allows that all suffering is a consequence of sin in the world. But, well, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should back up just a little bit. Is this specific flu, is this specific pandemic, if it becomes horrible worldwide and lots of people are dying from it is this specific flu a judgment sent from god and I, and i'm not sure maybe i maybe i over overreacted to john's to don's statement there i would say we can't say that this specific instance is we know that god has in the past used diseases uh various ailments and so forth as punishments against men but is he using them is he using this one specifically now for that purpose, I think that's what we can't say because we don't have revel- uh, you know, active revelation in order to prove it. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Thank you to all those who have commented so far. And if you haven't, we look forward to you joining in on the discussion. 
It's time for this week's Bullet Point. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. It's always a big mistake to imagine that your particular circumstances are unique. Others have probably experienced the same things and probably to a greater degree. And it is seldom true to say nobody knows in regards to your troubles, your burdens, your family relationships, etc. People likely do know because they have been through the same issues, perhaps more often and more fully than you have. Furthermore, it's a good rule to avoid using superlatives like best, worst, most, least, etc. to describe your own situation. More than likely, there are others whose condition exceeds your own. The big problem with this kind of thinking is that it commonly leads to unhealthy excuse-making. After all, if nobody knows what I'm dealing with, then they cannot possibly understand how difficult it is for me. If they only knew, they would not criticize me, expect more of me, or correct me for my sins. They just don't know. Are you beginning to see how this flawed thinking leads to flawed living? Here are the facts from 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Quote, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Observe some things here. First of all, what you're dealing with is common to man. Others have dealt with the same things you are dealing with, and they do know what it's like to have such problems, pains, pressures, etc. They've been there and done that. Secondly, you can handle it. God promises that your issues will not be so great that you become overwhelmed, unable to resist, or incapable of doing the right thing. And finally, there is a way of escape. Look for it. Don't give in to the temptation. Resist it, and you will succeed. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. This is Jared in Warwickshire, England. Listen to the chat from the virtual Bible study each Thursday night. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And welcome back to the program tonight. We're looking forward to your participation. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. And you can be like Brad in Athens, Alabama. And start following Brad, us on I just, Twitter. Uh, just got a note from Twitter that Brad is following me now. Brad, good to have you in, in the uh, Twitter following there of the Virtual Bible Study. Jacob's a little bit, he's a little bit put off by the Twitter thing. but Well, I, you know, it's just these young kids these days. You, well, well he, he'll catch up with yeah, us here pretty okay. soon. Come on into the 21st century, Jacob. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. What about the swine flu? What do you think about it when you turn on the evening news and... The swine flu is getting closer to your neighborhood. What do you think? What are your thoughts and reactions to that? And uh, do you think God's trying to punish us? Let us know. We'll look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Let's go to this second question that we put out there, Jacob. Uh, Can the reality of human suffering be used as an argument against the claim of a real and loving God? Why or why not? As you said earlier, Jacob, the atheists like to make that argument. They say if, if there's a God... In other words, there's plenty of suffering here. We know that. And if there's a God and he doesn't know about it, then he's not an all-knowing God. Right? We say he's all-knowing God, but if all this suffering going on and he doesn't know about it, then, then he's not an all-knowing God. If he knows about it, but he can't do anything about it, then he's not an all-powerful God. We say he's all-powerful, but if he, if he knows this is going on and he can't change it and he can't stop it and he can't do anything about it, then he's not an all-powerful God. If he, if he knows about it and he has the power to stop it, but he won't, then he's not an all-loving God. And Christians say he's a loving God. And so the atheists think they have a pretty neat argument against God on the basis of human suffering. 
And and I think it's I think it's a formidable argument that we need to be prepared to answer. So let's talk about that for a minute. And if you haven't answered it yet, uh, the quickest way for you to comment is by letting your fingers do the walking. Give us a call, 877-381-4567, or send us that email, or join in on the chat room tonight. Look forward to hearing from you. What about that? Uh, what about the uh, the argument then? If God allows this, does it uh, somehow contradict his loving nature? Well, first of all, uh, I would argue that... that uh, God is able. He, he has. The, we have an all-powerful God. I remember we talk about a case of human suffering in Daniel chapter three. Some great heroes uh, of the Old Testament are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when they were being threatened to cast, being cast into the fiery furnace, uh, they said, "This is Daniel three, beginning verse sixteen. O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace." And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. In other words, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, God's able to do whatever he chooses to do. Now, he may choose to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, that's not going to change our commitment to him. You know, God has sovereignty. God can choose to do as he pleases to do. And as his servants will accept his sovereign decisions, that's basically the answer they gave. And I think that's the way we need to look at this. God's able, and and God does deliver us in many, many ways, both physically and certainly spiritually. Uh, we just have to have confidence in that. All right. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus right. said in Matthew 19, verse 26, with God, all things are possible. God, God is able to do as he chooses to do. Uh, so it's, it's not a case of, of his lack of ability but what we find out jacob as we look to the scriptures is that god limits himself sometimes it's not us limiting him he chooses to limit himself one of the ways that he's chosen to limit himself is that he gave us a choice he could he could have programmed us like robots to just simply do exactly as we were programmed to do no choice no variation he chose not to do that he chose to give us free moral agency. When he chose to give us a choice, that was that was that was a a limit a self-imposed limitation on it. His limitation was that he was not going to force us to do something involuntarily. He chose to limit himself and give us choice to make decisions. And so, by virtue of him giving us choices, uh, then we have the potential to make a bad choice, to make the wrong choice. Uh, and and therefore suffer the consequences for the bad choices that we make, as was already pointed out. All the suffering and and uh, and sorrow and death in the world is is a consequence of sin, man's bad choices. All right, we're going to go to the phones. We're going to go out west to New Mexico and welcome Ben to the program. Ben, welcome to the virtual Bible study. Welcome. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling tonight. Ben, where are you uh, at in New Mexico? Uh, Bloomfield. What's that near? I never heard of Bloomfield, New Mexico. Uh, it is just south of uh, Durango, Colorado, okay. about 35 miles. All right. All right. Nice country out, out there. there in the mountains of, 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 of New Mexico. Yes. Good deal. Thanks for calling tonight. What's on your mind, Ben? How can, what, what thoughts do you well, have? Uh, well, my, my thoughts are uh, have people forgotten that God sent his only son to die for us? I. I mean, he loved us so much he sent his son to die for us. And he and his son said we would suffer. I think you're exactly right, Ben. In other words, 
And so I get the flu and I'm sick for a while and I'm going to and I'm going to cause this to to make me cast reject off God. Re- reject God because I suffered a little bit of physical sickness when when the matter of fact is he let his own son suffer and die for me so that I could have eternal life in heaven. Uh, that's that's kind of a silly reaction. Yeah, I mean the, the God loved man so much that he gave his son. He sent his son to die for us. Exactly right. We were just pointing out, as you were calling, Ben, God gave us free moral agency and choice. And, yes. and of course, dating all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, men have made bad choices. And, and as a result of bad choices, lots, lots of suffering and lots of bad things have come into the world because men made bad choices. That, right. That's just reality. The, yes. But the solution to it all, as you were pointing out, is... God made salvation possible, and he gave us the opportunity to have an existence in heaven for eternity where none of these things will be so, and we'll have a perfect existence there with him through, the, right. through the shed blood of his own son. Right. Yeah, when, right. When we yeah. have that perspective, when we put everything into focus, it really does make any suffering that we have here on this earth really insignificant. I think so. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just lost my grandmother last year, and uh, it was a long, hard death on her, but uh, I, I had to, to remember that her, she made choices, and that was the way things went. Yeah, and, and so we, 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 we deal with our personal choices. We also, we also deal with the choices that other people make sometimes. Sometimes human suffering is a result of choices other people make that are out of our control, but what we got to always keep in mind is that this life is temporary. This is not the end of all things. This is only really just a, a, a fleeting moment, a vapor. As Jacob read earlier from James chapter 4, our life is just like a vapor that vanishes away. We won't be here for long, and we've got to be keeping our eyes set on the goal of heaven. That's right. All right, Ben. Hey, th- hey Ben, how would you find out about us out there in New Mexico? Uh, my brother-in-law, who is a uh, gospel preacher in Gainesville, Florida, emailed me the, or, or in Ocala, Ocala, uh, he sent it to us. That's great. Well, spread the word out there in the West about the virtual Bible study. All right. We'll do it. Thank Thanks, you, ben. ben. Thank you. Good to hear from Ben tonight. We appreciate him calling. 877-381-4567 is the number to call or send us your emails to questions at collegeview.com. The line is open now. We've got plenty of time to hear from you on the program. Jacob, another thing that we could say about this question of human suffering is part of the reason why some of the suffering that comes in the world is because that God puts certain rules into place uh, that if you break the rule, you're going to pay the price, for instance. And, some, and the rules are good. For instance, God created the rules of gravity. It's a good thing. Um, we need that. Most of the time. But, you know, the other day when we were up on your rooftop, I thought we were going to be – I thought we were on the verge of suffering – from violating the rules of gravity. If we fell off of there, we were going to be in trouble. So sometimes suffering comes because there are physical rules in this universe that God put in play. Typically, they, they work to our advantage. We, we, in fact, know how to use them to our advantage. But they can be; those rules can be violated, and when it happens, we pay a price. Right. And, that, and that could be true uh, even concerning some of these ailments that go around. You know, sometimes people break moral rules of God. Some of the some of the ailments that circulate have had a close connection to breaking moral rules of God. For instance, the AIDS epidemic wouldn't be an epidemic if it were not for that. That's not to say that every case of AIDS is caused by immoral behavior, but the vast majority of them are. 
And so you break his moral rules. You're going to pay a price. You're going to suffer for it. All right. We'll take a break, and we'll go back to the top of the hour when we get back, hopefully hearing from you on the phone or over email tonight as we talk about swine flu. Let us know your thoughts during these comments. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we are ready to roll. We're glad that you're part of the program tonight. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. If you're in Columbia, Tennessee area, we would encourage you to come and worship with the College View Church of Christ at your earliest convenience. Find out more about the College View Church of Christ by visiting collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to direct to us off of the air, you can contact us at the same ways you would contact us during the program, 877-381-4567, or questions at collegeview.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Jacob, uh, one of the things that we've been enjoying these last few weeks since we've been doing our video on Ustream TV is that we've been having that chat room, and it looks like Ustream has made a change that you need to you need to get a login name and password. Uh, to do that, you don't have to give them any personal information. Just give them a log so you can get a login. We've been enjoying people taking advantage of that chat room situation, but I think you're going to now have to get a login name and password uh, to participate in that. And we hope that that uh, our viewers will do that because we've been having some fun with people in that chat room, and I hope that they can keep that up. All right, we're talking about swine flu, and we're using that as a general or a discussion into the general topic of suffering and our perspective to suffering and our we started off talking about anxiety how we shouldn't allow this to cause us uh, great uh, anxiety we're to cast those cares upon the lord talking now about the fact that god allows this to happen so how do we view that you know we talk about suffering dad not all suffering is a bad thing in fact suffering is really a good thing if we have the correct perspective on it i think that's true and i think that's what we've got to keep in mind if i go through whatever i go through if at the end of that I am a better person, more the kind of person that God wants me to be than, than that episode, whatever it was, and even how, how bad it may have seemed, can be a beneficial thing if in the end it makes me more the kind of person God wants me to be. Uh, so uh, we got to have that perspective on things. You know, the Apostle Paul had that perspective when he talked about his thorn in the flesh uh, in uh, 
First uh, or Second Corinthians chapter twelve. He uh, when he says uh, for this thing, talking about his thorn in the flesh. This is Second Corinthians twelve verse eight. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and He said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul adds, Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So Paul had that idea. In other words, this, this thorn in the flesh thing that Paul suffered apparently was, was, was a, a pretty serious thing, and it caused him quite a bit of, of uh, trouble. And yet he was obviously spiritually mature enough to say, if it makes me a stronger person spiritually, then I'll endure it. I'll gladly endure it. If it makes me more the kind of person God wants me Notice to be. Notice this attitude in First Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice. So now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Not only were these Christians taking the difficult times and enduring them, they were taking them gladly. They greatly rejoiced in the difficult times. Not that it was just a barrel of monkeys to be going through difficult times, but they were happy because they realized that these trials were making them be the kind of people God would want them to be. Exactly right. Let's get a couple email answers here, Jacob. You've got a couple over there from Johnny and from Pat. Let me let me go to one from Anthony first. On this question, uh, can the reality of, a, of human suffering be used as an argument against the claim of a real loving God? Anthony says, no. God told Adam and Eve that if they ate the forbidden fruit, they would die. So suffering is a consequence, ultimately, of sin in the world. Quote, by one man, sin entered the world and death by sin, Romans 5, verse 12. God never promised a life free from suffering. When we assume that God should have certain characteristics, that is, that he would never want someone to suffer, we are projecting our own mortal attributes to God. Love does not necessarily mean rainbows and gumdrops. God demonstrated his love by sending his son, not by preventing suffering. Great answer, Anthony. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you, Anthony, for that. Johnny in Leoma, Tennessee, uh, answers not to repeat myself, but human suffering is the result of man's sin. When Adam first sinned in the Garden of Eden, God then cursed the ground. Sorrow then began to apply to mankind, not just man, but all of creation is suffering, such as animals and wildlife. Romans chapter 8, verse 22, he references, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. None of the sufferings we have are to be blamed on God. Okay. All right. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, Don in Antioch, Tennessee says, I believe the complete opposite. That is, to, to, the, to the argument, suffering proves there is no God. He says, I believe the complete opposite. There has been so much good come from human suffering that I can't see it as being anything except from a real and loving God. Look at the good that came from Jesus' suffering. As we were uh, pointing out just a minute ago, and I think Don's point is to this same conclusion, suffering can be good. Suffering can produce a good result. Certainly in the case of the suffering of Jesus, it produced a good result. But even in our own human suffering, sometimes good comes of that. And if if good comes of it, then it's a good thing. We could view it as good, even if it's difficult in the moment. All right. Pat emails and says most of the world would probably say if he is real and loving, why would he cause so much suffering? God has never promised us that we would not suffer on this earth. I don't care how much money you send into an organization. Okay. So suffering. The World Health Organization can't prevent all of this stuff. Exactly right. All right. By the way, if you're having any difficulty at all, 
catching our audio or video stream tonight. We'd love to get a message from you. We haven't had any, any indication of trouble tonight, Jay. First time in about three weeks that we've been trouble-free. Uh, the only trouble we're having is a little bit of trouble, the people getting connected to the chat room, but that's out of our control. We had some hardware failure that caused our problems. It was, yeah. you know, we did, we probably weren't the best at resolving those problems, but some of that was beyond our control. But we're yeah, back yeah. up and running yeah, now. Yeah, we had to get a new piece of hardware, and we think it's got it solved. So send us a note. Say, yeah, loud and clear, or if you were having some trouble, let us know. But we think we've got that ironed out. Finally, Jacob, and we're just going to run out of time here, but I think it's a, been a good discussion and an important one. Let's go back to this question. What should be our reaction when we witness or personally experience human suffering? Uh, Anthony says, I should remind myself of James 1, verse 2, and the verses that follow it. And I think that's the passage you were reading earlier, wasn't it, Jacob, where where, uh, uh, it says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect entire uh, wanting nothing. Uh, I was not reading that passage. I was oh. reading First Peter chapter one, verses but, six and seven. But uh, that passage says as well, count it, uh, count it joy. Exactly right. And then he also mentioned Second Timothy three, eleven and twelve. Second Timothy three, eleven and twelve says persecutions, afflictions which came to me at Antioch and at Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Again, God has not promised this is going to be just a bed of roses. And you think about it, Jacob. You think about the most faithful people of God through history, the Old Testament prophets and all the things they suffered, the New Testament Christians and the things they suffered, uh, and ultimately the the the, the uh, strongest example of that, Jesus and the things he suffered. Certainly suffering is reality of living in this present world. Well, if Jesus had to suffer while he was here on the earth, then we should not expect to be exempt from that as well. Uh, so certainly we should be prepared for the difficult times. And then one final passage that Anthony suggests is from Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 8. Paul, how he viewed it at the end of his life. I have fought a good fight. I have, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing. So that's the perspective we've got to keep in mind. Thanks, Anthony. All right. Pat emails and says, what he, should he be his reaction with, from to personal suffering? If we witness the human suffering, offer help through prayer and whatever else would be best for that situation. If we're experiencing the suffering, thank God that he will be there to help us through it and request prayers. Okay. And, and Don in Antioch says it should bring us closer to God. Romans 8:28 we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. All things means all things including human suffering. If we do not believe this, then we might as well take a razor blade to the entire Bible like Thomas Jeff- Thomas Jefferson did to the New Testament and be left with just a few pages. So all things work together for good. In other words, that's not saying that in the moment it's a pleasant thing. But what Paul was saying and this is the point we've been making, if it turns out that we are stronger spiritually and more prepared to receive the inheritance of heaven, then see it as a good thing. View it as a positive thing. All right. And Johnny says we should know that all things work out for the glory of God, even through our sufferings. And uh, we appreciate Johnny for those comments. We're getting close to the end of the hour. Any other emails coming in? We do have some emails. Keith is listening in Lynchburg tonight. Keith, we're glad oh, you're out there. Well, let's see here. See if I've got a, an answer from Keith. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, it came in a different in a different way, Keith. I got your email. 
Uh, on this last question, Keith says, turn to God. What we should do when we suffer uh, uh, human suffering, turn to God for all that we need and never put him last but first. God is always there for us if we will seek him. Exactly right. To the previous question, is, is suffering a sign there is no God? Uh, Keith said no, because Adam and Eve brought suffering on the human race because of the judgment of God against them for their disobedience. God loves us very much, but if we continue in our sin, we will suffer for it. Again, right along the lines of what we've been saying. Thank you, Keith. You're right. Uh, what about this pandemic being a sent from God? Keith says, I'm not really sure, but it is strange that the swine flu isn't as bad in this country as it is in Mexico. Remember Second Chronicles 21, Jehoram and the people were struck with an incurable, incurable disease of the intestines because of their evil ways. If this is a judgment of God, then it seems Mexico at this point seems to be the focus of his wrath. With all the things that are going on in this country, we could be next. Don't forget, when AIDS started infecting people, both guilty of sin and innocent, that there was a big scare that this was sin of God to judge the homosexuals around the world. I, I think I see in Keith's answer there the same thing we were saying. We can't say for sure because we don't have the, the, the privilege of active revelation at this point. We can't say for sure. We just have to leave it in the realm of things that might be. We just have to say we can't say for sure. All right. Thank you, Keith. And I'm sorry I didn't get to you earlier. Your your email was in a different pocket than the others, and so I didn't see it. He also says he had a little audio trouble around 830, but it cleared up shortly after that. So he's getting a good good uh, stream tonight. All right. Well, we appreciate Keith being out there. We appreciate you all being out there. We hope that the things we talked about tonight were beneficial to you as we deal with things throughout this life, Dad. The swine flu is not the first. It will not be the last a difficult thing that we have to face in this world. We need to be prepared for those things and uh, and make sure that we, we think about them the right way and deal with them the way that God would have us to deal with them. Yeah, and back to our to our first comments that, that Eric shared with us when we were talking to him on the phone. Do what you can. It's only reasonable to take normal precautions. The Bible even teaches that approach. And once you've done what you can, don't worry about the things that you can't do and just go on, live your life, serve the Lord. If this... I'm, I, I'm not a prophet, I'm not the son of a prophet, but I can say this with absolute certainty. If the swine flu doesn't get us, something else will. Okay. So we just got to be prepared for, for the certainty of death and judgment. This life is, is, is brief at best, and we are, we are really supposed to be focused on something beyond this. Okay. Well, thank you for your time tonight, Dad. I appreciate thank, the Thank discussion. you, Jacob. All right. We'll look forward to talking with you this time next week on another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime... We encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.